you know, I always say if you're running and uh, a line does chase you, you don't have to be faster than the line. You just have to be faster than the runner who's next to you. You know, so as long as you're not the slowest in your in your group, you're fine. Distance Radio episode 597 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, just want to let you know that today's episode is once again brought to you by the good folks over at DKMS, which is an organization that is all about helping to eliminate blood cancer and blood disease, both here in the States and around the world. And, and the, one of the main ways that they do that is through creating a pool of donors who are willing to potentially donate some blood marrow to a stranger in order to allow that person to save his or her life. Uh, and, and the process of getting in the pool is really, really simple. Uh, all you need to do is head over to dkms.org and uh, request a, a, a donor kit, um, which which th- they'll send you a, key, a package in the mail. It's got uh, some information in it, of course, and it's got a, a you know couple of, of cotton swabs, basically. You swab the inside of your mouth. You send the packet back. It's all postage paid. It costs you literally nothing but about the two seconds it takes to, to swab the inside of your cheeks. And uh, they'll, they'll analyze that, look at your genetic information, put you in the pool, and if... It comes up that you're a genetic match for somebody who's in need. Then they'll contact you about the process of potentially donating uh, some blood marrow, and more importantly, potentially saving a life. So, um, you know that that's a big that's the big reason that they're sponsoring these episodes is they want to get more healthy folks into the pool, um, more folks in general, but certainly healthy folks are are optimal just because the recovery process is easier, the the tissue that that's transferred is is more viable. Um, and as runners, they think that we're healthy. So I, I think we are too. So uh, if you haven't done so already, would you ha- would you head over to dkms.org and uh, request the kit? And if you've gotten the kit but haven't sent it back yet, would you do that as well? And let me know. Let me know if you if you've, if you join the party, join the pool, um, so that I can share that with uh, with the folks over at DKMS and let them know that their sponsor dollars are resulting in what they're after, which is more folks that are willing to to help solve the problem and eradicate blood cancer and blood disease in the U.S. and around the world. So dkms.org to get your kit. And if you want some more information, you can always text the word amazing. That's A-M-A-Z-I-N-G to 50555. And you'll get all kinds of information and get your questions answered. uh, And you can go from there. So thanks to DKMS once again for sponsoring today's episode. And thank you guys for uh, supporting the sponsors. and, uh, And in this case, more importantly, potentially saving a life. So now without any further ado, let's dive into today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone that is definitely no stranger to running long distances. He's finished 190 races of either marathon distance or longer, and uh, since he has no plans on slowing down anytime soon, it's obviously only a matter of time before he crosses the 200-plus marathon or longer distance races uh, completed mark. In addition to running races of just at just about every opportunity he gets, uh, one race that he's certainly no stranger to is the Comrades Marathon in South Africa. Uh, he recently finished his ninth Comrades Marathon and uh, is already putting the plans together and, and is, is you know going to go for his green number 
in next year's race. Uh, but for this South African, running in his country is definitely about more than just comrades. So uh, I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about all things running in, in, in South Africa and, and beyond today with uh, the guest, our guest today, Mr. Stuart Mann. Uh, thanks for joining us, Stuart. Really appreciate it, and uh, welcome to the show. Great. Uh, thanks for the invite, uh, Denny. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Certainly, like I said, lo- lots of things to talk about. I mean, and with 190 races, shoot, we could probably spend four or five episodes just talking about various races you've run. But uh, before we get to all of that, just want to let everybody know and remind everybody if they want to get in touch with you, connect with you, follow what you're doing and you know, learn more about comrades, especially and, and lots of other things going on in your, in your running life. Runningman.com is the website and that's man with two N's. So it's running, R-U-N-N-I-N-G-M-A-N-N. Dot com and uh, on all things social media you can follow Stuart as well at running man 100 again uh, two ends in, in running man and then one zero zero running man 100 uh, and we'll have everything linked up as we always do in the show notes for today's episode which you can find at disruns.com slash five nine seven so Stuart the way we always uh, get things started on the show is with uh, the same simple question to everybody who uh, is in the hot seat and uh, for some folks the, the answer to the question it's pretty pretty straightforward, cut and dry, not too difficult. For other folks, it's uh, a bit of a head scratcher and something that uh, takes a little bit of thought and uh, kind of wrestling with to get to the answer. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, so I pretty pretty fit somewhere in the middle of your your two categories of, <laughs> of guests there. So I, I like uh, I like the marathon a lot. Um, so uh, I just find it's it's always a good challenge. Um, so and I like running up to about sixty kilometers. Mm. Um, so anything more than that, um, I'll try and do a quick calculation on miles for 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 the Americans. So people haven't upgraded to the metric system yet. So it's probably about uh, what's that about? Th- uh, yeah, kind of about thirty. Well, 35 be, miles up. Yeah, 35, yeah. 31 35, would be a 50K, 36. and an extra 10K okay. is another six miles. So you're talking at, yeah, okay. 37, 38 miles, something 37, like that. 37, yeah. Uh, I find after that, uh, and, uh, you know, things, uh, uh, you know, your, uh, things start to hurt a bit. Uh, the, fun, the fun element goes away. Uh, unfortunately, well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about comrades today, and comrades is obviously uh, 30 kilometers longer than 60K. So, uh, but anything up to 60K is I love. Um, you know, I enjoy that. Uh, find that you can, you know, you still finish, uh, your legs are sore, but you worked hard, but you can still enjoy a few beers afterwards and, uh, you know, kind of socialize. After something like comrades, you, 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 you're you pretty stuffed at the end of it, you know, so you still can uh, yeah, stomach a couple of beers, but it's it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you're working, you're, you're definitely uh, not moving as quickly and, and all that kind of stuff after after that type of distance although you'd get you'd get plenty of, of people that would argue that the same rules would apply after a marathon that that's that is enough hard work that sometimes that's a, a little bit tough to uh to enjoy yourself afterwards either but uh but yeah i mean running running the longer distances that's that's uh somewhat uh, of, a, of a common answer the half is probably the most common answer we get around here but uh, lots of folks love love going longer um clearly you're in that category but i, I i'm always curious especially with folks that love the ultra distance type of, of races. How'd you get started in the sport? Is it, is it something that uh, you've, you've always done or, or where did you fall into uh, not only running, but running for a long, a long time uh, in each, in each race that you're in pretty much? Uh, no, I, I definitely wasn't a long time runner. Um, if you saw me at uh, school and university, I was pretty lazy. <laughs> um, so actually, uh, most of my friends will say it's incredible that uh, yeah, now now I run, run so many marathons after it. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I guess started working and. Uh, 
you know, um, I was actually on cortisone for a bit. I had a funny infection in my eye. I had to be on cortisone to treat it, and I ended up looking a bit like a marshmallow. Mm. Uh, by the time I, I came off the cortisone, um, my my father used to run, so I guess I kind of had that in, in the back of my head. And he used to do a lot of running, uh, ran quite a few ultras and things like that. And uh, so, you know, when it was time to lose a bit of weight, I thought, well, you know, running's the obvious way to do it, and started running, and uh, yeah, I never looked back. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so how long about, plus or minus, has it been that you've been uh, involved with the sport? Uh, I think the, I ran my first uh, uh, marathon in January 2002. Okay. Uh, so about 16, 16 years now. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and pretty much, uh, you know, it doesn't take a genius to do that math. A little over 10, 10 races or 10 marathons slash ultras a year, you know, probably some more, some heavier than others. But that's a, a pretty good clip for, uh, for uh, the first, you know, decade plus of, of your running career. Yeah, I think I got to 110 years and then I've kind of sped up a bit since then. I actually, I've actually, in the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot more. Um, after the 100, I, I kind of actually slowed down a bit and I had a couple of uh, uh, injuries. Uh, not not actually, most of them weren't running related. They were uh, caused by other things, uh, <laughs> non-running non, non related injuries. Um, but yeah, anyway, and then uh, yeah, the last couple of years, I've been uh, sort of uh, chasing marathons, particularly around South Africa. There's so many runs you can do. Um, so I've been trying to, I had a goal um, which I started about three years ago. I worked out, I've done about 60 unique marathons, so 60 different marathons, only counting the same marathon once. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, it'd be nice to do 100 unique marathons. Uh, so then I started chasing it. I thought it'd take me a bit longer. Uh, but uh, yeah, but, um, sort of, yeah, managed to uh, knock that off in April this year. So I'm on, on 103 unique marathons now, and hopefully we'll add a bit uh, to that in the second half of this year. Uh, maybe even hit 200 this year. That'll be nice. Wow, that's, that's uh, yeah. quite the... Uh, um I mean, both, both sides, I mean, a hundred different marathons, like that's, that requires a bit of, of traveling and, and, and going around. I mean, even, even if you're just looking at, um, staying in, uh, in just, you know, just your country, just South Africa, um, you know, that still is, is a, you know, we, we don't always know our geography as well over here in the States as, as some other places, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's a big country. That's a lot of traveling around, but, uh, you know, you, you've gone, I know you've gone all over the, the world for some races. Uh, what, are, what are some of the cool places that you've, you've been to outside of South Africa? And then maybe we'll start to focus a bit more on uh, South Africa in, in, in specifically in a few minutes. Um, so I guess I've, I think I've done about close to 30 international marathons now, and I've done some very small ones, uh, some bigger ones. I guess my, my two favorite international ones, if I, if I had to pick, um, I did a Tokyo Marathon um, about probably about 10, 11 years ago, something like that. It was before I was a world marathon major, but I loved that. I thought it was great, just very, very different um, to other races um, around, you know, very different vibe, very different country, uh, great place to explore. So I loved that. Uh, and the other one I really enjoyed was Rome, um, mm. just with the history. I actually did Latin when I was uh, at school. And uh, just, you know, with all the history, you start and finish the Colosseum and you're running through, you know, all these places, you know, uh, fantastic historical significance. So, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. But I've also done a few small ones uh, um, around the place as well, which, you know, kind of sometimes the smaller ones are, are just as nice because you kind of get uh, more of a personal touch. Mm. Um, I think there was one in uh, Maryland I ran where the organizer said I was the first African ever to uh, actually participate in the race, which is quite quite nice. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's I, I tend to lean towards <clears throat> enjoying the smaller races a little bit a bit more too. Um, you know, and I hadn't even necessarily thought about it because of the the fact that you do get a little bit more personalized attention um than, than some of the bigger races where it's just numbers of people but I, I like it having a little bit more elbow room where you know you're not you're not just uh 
just hurting through the through the course but you can actually kind of run your own race a bit easier um so you know obviously to, to each their own and, and doing a hundred different unique marathons you get to experience uh probably a bit a bit of like you said i mean some some very crowded ones tokyo rome uh comrades of course and some of the smaller ones so um yeah there's there's no shortage of of options out there when it comes to to running races if you're willing to look around a little bit yeah yeah definitely so um you know the we can dance around it for a while but I, i'd rather just dive into it and and see where it takes us but uh you know comrades it's 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 a obviously a big race uh well known around the world um and, and I've, I've talked to a few folks on the show at, at various times that have have run or have had plans to run comrades um but all americans and and um i'm excited to hear from 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 you, from somebody who is a South African, or this is, this is your, you know, I mean, this is your country's race. Uh, so I got a feeling that, uh, you know, that some of the stories that we get here, uh, you know, on our side of the, the world, um, you know, are kind of the highlights, but you kind of can maybe share some of the, the actual, uh, you know, the, the real meat and substance of, of that race. So for those that aren't aware though, maybe we can start real generic and then we'll dive into a bit. Um, comrades is, is, uh, a very, I think, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to turn it over to you and, and, and instead of me trying to make sure I, I get all my facts correct here. Uh, tell us a little bit overview of, of Comrades, the race itself, the, the history of it, uh, and then we'll kind of dive into some of your experiences if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's the, it's the oldest uh, ultramarathon in the world. That's the 93rd edition this year. Uh, it started a bit longer than 93 years ago because uh, it took a break uh, during World War II. Mm. Um, it actually was started by a guy called Vic Clapham to honor um, World War One soldiers, the soldiers who'd fallen in the, in, the, in the First World War, hence the name Comrades. Mm. And he basically was looking for a real uh, challenge. And the challenge he came up with was to run between the towns of Durban and Peter Maritzburg, uh, roughly 90 kilometers apart. So that is, I think, 56 miles, something like mm-hmm. that, if my math is correct. Um, and um, we decided to alternate the distance every year. So you, you do one uh, from Peter Maritzburg, which is inland, down to the coastal town of Durban. The next year you run up from Durban to Peter Maritzburg. I think it's about, uh, I think Peter Maritzburg is about, uh, 835 meters above sea level. So it's about half a mile above sea level. Mm. Um, very tough course, lots of hills. Um, when you're running a down run, it doesn't feel like you're running a down run until well after halfway. Um, <laughs> when you're running the up run, it's pretty much the toughest marathon you do, and then you've still got a marathon and a park run to go. So both both uh, ways have got their unique challenges. Um, I think the thing that's pretty different about Comrades is it is the it's the biggest race in, in South Africa. So most other countries, you know, have like London Marathon or New York races like that where um, in, in South Africa, uh, for better or worse, it's pretty much all about comrades. Mm. Um, so you can have run <clears throat> 100 marathons and you can be talking to someone who's struggling through their first park run and they'll ask you, have you run comrades? Uh, if your answer is no, they'll kind of give you a look like you're not a real runner. Um, wow. so, so it's kind of like the thing. If you're a runner in South Africa, a lot of people start running with a view to trying to get to, to you know, with sort of a long-term plan to to run comrades. Um, so, yeah, so I think this year they had about 23,000 entrants, um, just to give an idea. So 23,000 entrants, about 20,000 starters, and um, I think about 86% of the field finished. Wow. Um, so you've got a fairly high dropout rate, but it's still, I mean, it's not immense. Uh, now, so I think this year, probably about 17,000 finishes, something like that, where that's what it worked out to be. 
Um, if you go, I actually had a look. Um, I was doing research for for a blog post a while ago. I think that the biggest ultra I could find in the states was the JFK uh, mm-hmm. 50 miner, and I th- um, it's definitely got less than a thousand finishes. I think it was about 800 finishes, something like that. So just to kind of compare, you've got you know sort of uh, 17,000 finishes um, at at Conrad's. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's a race steeped in history. Um, kind of, you know, it's a race everyone wants to do. Also, they'll tell you if you've just done, uh, if you've only done the down run, or you've only done the up run, you've only done half of comrades. So you've got to actually do, <laughs> do both. a down and an up. You've got to do both uh, to be a real comrades runner. You know, that's what everyone will tell you. The sensible people will do one up, one down, and then they'll stop. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the stupid people like me will carry on going for a green number. Uh, but then you get the green number, you get off to 10. So basically, it's a permanent number that you get for life. Um, so it's your own number. And if you do uh, run more than 10, you run in that in your, the same number in perpetuity, and it's a green number. So everyone knows that you've done 10. So it kind of gives you bragging rights and things like that. And, I mean, there's some incredible uh, feats. Uh, there were two guys this year who ran their 46 Comrades Marathon. Wow. So, They've done four, yeah. You know, I mean, it's incredible. They've, they've must have had a. I was thinking while I was running my ninth, I, I, I you know, this, the next year will be my tenth and last. And the people who do more than that have got a far higher pain threshold than I do, uh, because you go you go through a lot of pain over ninety kilometers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to say I couldn't imagine, but uh, I've done. I've done a fifty k, and that's uh, that. That was good enough for me, uh, at least for now. Maybe maybe someday, and and uh, I'd be lying if I said that uh, that that. As little as I know about comrades, you know that that would be a, a race that I would consider doing. Although hopefully I would, I would be lucky enough that it would be a down year when I would when I would come over there and do it. Um, but uh, but yeah, right now 50k that's that's good enough. There's enough there's enough uh, pain and discomfort in, in a 50k. But uh, like you said, some people keep coming back over and over. You're you're going for that that green number. Um, what uh, and, and I don't need obviously exact exact stats here, but but what percentage of of runners have have the green number? Is is it a like you said? I mean, it's it's kind of the for better or for worse, the, the, you know, running comrades is what makes you a runner in South Africa. Do, do a lot of folks pursue the, the green number designation of, of running it 10 times? Or is it kind of a once now I've done it and I'm, I'm a runner and, and kind of hang them up at that point? Um, so there are a lot. So, I mean, there are a lot of people who go for it. I think this year there were about 500 people, 450 people, I think, that they announced were going for that green number this year. Um, so, so it is a big deal. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you say you've done comrades, the next thing people ask you is, do you have a green number? You know, so it's kind of always on an escalation. And then uh, if you do 20, you get a double green number and so on. 30, a triple green number. Uh, you know, so some people keep keep going. One of the things which I also do, which is really good, it's um, they didn't do when I was when I was when I did my first comrades, but they've introduced it. They do a special back to back medal. So it kind of encourages people who do. Let's say they did the down run this year to come back next year to do the up run, and then you get a you get you know your normal medal and you get a special back to back medal as well at the same time. Um, you know, and then that's as I said, that's the sensible thing is to stop after you've done two. Uh, you know, some people do three, but once you get to like four or five, then you can see that green number and you you kind of yeah you you keep going for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's kind of like you know if, if you um, you know you run, most people in South Africa they'll run for a running club and they'll do a lot of you know after races you chat and things like that uh, with with your running club. Um, you run in club kit. Um, the club culture is very very big in South Africa, mm-hmm. and you know sort of peer peer pressure definitely works um so you know people say oh you know come on you should do it again and you know maybe i should you know and you, you forget the pain pretty quickly and before you know it you've entered and you're lining up the start again uh on the way to that green number yeah yeah and, and yeah that, that peer pressure bit is uh 
is something serious because it, you could you could be all well and good of of running it and I've I've you know I've done it my couple times or in your case next year you know I've done it my tenth time I'm done with it and then yeah you, you get it you get enough buddies over a couple of beers after after a race or something and uh, pretty soon yeah you're you're signed back up and uh, and stuck doing it again if you're not careful. Yeah, I actually thought this year I should record myself with a on the video <laughs> about sixty k's and just say to my future self, if you see this video and you've entered an eleventh comrades, just remember how much pain you're in. This is not a good idea, you there know. You sort go. of yeah. telling my friends if you you know sort of if you see this and you're a true friend, you know, talk me out of running comrades, not into <laughs> running comrades. Uh, no, but I think it's one of those things. It's very. It's uh, the interesting thing with the race is I think it's 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 incredibly difficult. It's an incredibly difficult race to do. So you go through a lot of pain. You learn a lot about yourself. But it, but it's a race that the the average marathoner can actually finish. But it will probably be the toughest day of their life. You know, whereas if you compare it to you know sort of a, a hundred miler or something like you know Bad Water or uh, Barkley or something like that, you know that's that's you've got to just to, just to get to the start line, you've kind of got to be an elite you know elite right. or semi elite sort of athlete. Whereas you know comrades, you get people of all shapes sizes. Uh, there was a guy at our club. He he ran his first marathon I think the end of last year, and he did his first comrades at the age of sixty seven. Wow. You know, so you've got stuff like that. You know, which incredible. Um, uh, and there's there's so many incredible stories about. Uh, you know about people and their races and things like that and uh, yeah they're all they're all interesting yeah now is is there like you said I mean it's it's something that you don't necessarily have to be an elite to to participate in and complete in which is which is encouraging for those of us that certainly are, are firm in the, in the camp of not an elite runner um, but is is there a qualification process a lottery or is it is it first come first serve How, you know for somebody who's who's listening to this and goes well gosh like you know, I, I wouldn't mind sightseeing and traveling the world and, and maybe knocking off a, a great race like Comrades at the same time and, and coming to South Africa. Like, is, is it just you can just sign up or how does that work to get into the race? Yeah, so it's it's, it's actually very easy. There's no there's no uh, quota. There's no ballot system. Um, uh, entries open, I think, in September. Um, this year they filled up within about three weeks. So I think 21 days, something like that. They filled up in, um, and they normally allow, uh, like allow you know, about 20. I think 23,000 they took this year. I know that they're trying to see if there's a way that they can increase that number, um, but but yeah, call it sort of 23,000 entries that they take. Um, anyone can enter uh, to qualify. After you've entered, you have to run a marathon uh, in under five hours. So that's okay. just basically to make sure that you actually are kind of you know strong enough to get to the start line so if you can run a marathon under five hours and then they do have some other you know for 50ks there's a, there's a different time and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and and if you do uh, faster you get different seating so basically you get seated um in, into batches based on your best marathon time um so basically that's as, that's as easy as, as it gets you know you sort of enter and uh you make sure you you run a marathon under five hours and you can get to the start line yeah, that's that's uh, that is pretty darn good, and certainly you know the the bigger races here uh, in the states, um, whether you're talking trails, ultras, roads, whatever, um, they tend to have some some type of of lottery system or qualification system or something. So this one, I like that idea. If you if you can do it, you can do it, and uh, no no uh, other questions asked. That's that's kind of a nice yeah. a nice way to do it. And like you said, it opens it up to to everybody. Um, so obviously, I mean, comrades is a great race, lots of history, and 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 we could probably spend you know. Uh, again, a, a whole day or more uh, talking just about that race, but um, you know, it, do, it doesn't take long looking through your website to realize that there's some other really good races that you enjoy in South Africa that you've run uh, more than more than a couple of times, and some other races as well. Um, what, what are some of the, the hidden gem races, in, or maybe not hidden gem for for you guys that are locals, but for us in, that are that are 
not from South Africa. We, like I said, most of us probably heard of Comrades, and that's probably about it. What are what are some other uh, nice races uh, to to think about running? If if again, if somebody's traveling the world looking to for a place to to go and, and run a, a race or two that's uh, kind of under the radar, um, at least again from the international perspective. What what are some other good races in South Africa? Um, yeah, there's actually, I mean, there's a ton. So, um, yeah, I say, I always call Comrades the greatest ultra. Um, there's a race called Two Oceans, which I call my favorite ultra. It's in uh, Cape Town. Uh, I grew up in Cape Town, so I kind of also grew up with the race. Um, it's a 56K, so 36 uh, miles. And um, you uh, you unofficially see the Indian and Atlantic Ocean. Uh, people who um, pedantic will say, no, you, you don't quite see both oceans. Uh, the actual uh, split of the oceans is a bit further down the coast. Uh, but but lovely race, um, a lot of it alongside the coast. Um, also quite uh, quite tough, particularly the second half. You do two major climbs in the second half. Uh, one of them is called Chapman's Peak, which is you know, one of the most stunning uh, uh, drives in the, in the world. It's sort of a, a road cut out of the mountain, and you've got the sea below you and the um, uh, beautiful, um, yeah, beautiful bay, hot, uh, hot bay. Um, there, that's a great race to do. Also, it's more uh, more accessible, um, you know, to the kind of the average run I'd say than Conrad. So if you can do a marathon, you, you can you can uh, you know, two oceans shouldn't be too much of a stretch. Whereas you, you definitely need to do a bit more training than just be marathon fit to uh, to get through uh, Conrad's. Um, that's Easter weekend every year. Um, and uh, that actually, funnily enough, it actually started out as a training run for Comrades. And it's uh, the second largest ultra in the world, Comrades being the first. Second largest in the world is Two Oceans. There's normally about uh, 11,000 uh, runners at, at uh, Two Oceans, uh, which sells out as well. So they've got a half marathon as well. Uh, but the, the ultra is, is about 11,000. Um, um, so that's yeah, a very good one to do if you want to do uh, uh, visit Cape Town. Cape Town's a great great city to visit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's 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 a lot of other ones which are kind of dotted around the country. So um, you can pretty much find, except from about May to July, everything quietens down over over Comrades. Everything's about kind of mm-hmm. the, the South African marathon calendar kind of orientates around Comrades. So the qualification period for Comrades stops on first May or one May, um, and then everyone kind of runs Comrades rests after that and gets back in sort of August time to running marathons again. Uh, but a couple of other really nice ones. Um, there's an area called the Garden Route um, in, the, in also in the Western Cape. Uh, there's a big, fairly big marathon there called Nyson Marathon where you run through an indigenous forest. Um, and then there's a much smaller marathon, uh, which is a couple of towns away, called Otaniqua, which I did this year as well. Sort of much, much smaller, but also you're running through, you know, sort of pristine indigenous forests. Um, also, you're seeing uh, like lakes and you're seeing rivers and the sea and all of that kind of stuff um, there. Uh, another great marathon I did uh, a couple of years ago uh, called Marakele, uh, which is in a game reserve. So a big mm-hmm. five game reserve. So you've got free ranging Lions, leopards, rhinoceros, elephants, buffalo, everything's there. You're running inside this game reserve. They've got a game ranger with a rifle about every 500 meters. <laughs> um, very tough marathon. You run up, you basically race out and back marathon. So you run up to this high point, come back. So obviously they're checking out where the animals are and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, the year I did it, there was no no incidents. So I, uh, a couple of years before that, uh, there were some elephants. People saw elephants on, on foot. And uh, the one year there were lions actually in the road. Wow. So what they had to do that year was you ran up to a certain point, you got into a Land Rover, they drove you about a 500 meters past the lions, you got out and you carried on running. So yeah, it was quite interesting. It must have, that would have been a great year to run. Unfortunately, I wasn't running that year. It would have made some good photos and good stories. Um, but yeah, that's very unique, um, you know, to go uh, to go and run that. I mean, j- just to give an idea, the entry fee for something like that, a race like that, 
um, <clears throat> would be probably about uh, $10, 10 US Whoa. dollars. So, so really, really cheap. So getting out to South Africa, but expensive. Once you're here, most of the races, particularly the smaller ones, really, really cheap. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, good, good, good value for money once you once you here. And if you do like running a lot of marathons, you can probably you know if you come here for a, for a few weeks, you can probably fit in uh, several of them. Wow, wow, um, wow! So as as per usual, so many so many things that uh, that, that cropped to my mind and, and questions I could I could and, and want to ask. Uh, but I, I got to go back to this this race that's running through the through the um, the the with with the animals the the through the reserve. Um, so, so you didn't see much for for wildlife when you were there, but like you said, there, there was the the cases where um, you know, the lions were were in the path. Um, you know, I don't know the history of it. I don't know if you know as well, but have there ever been times where there's been issues, injuries, casualties, types of things due to the to the wildlife of of the runners running through it, or is it is it is it pretty safe considering the fact that there's wild animals all over the place? So, so I mean, it's pretty safe. I mean, I'm sure there's some element of risk, but they kind of they they monitor pretty closely, um, you know, what's going on. So they kind of know where the where the where the animals are. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, the most the most dangerous is obviously something like like the lions. Uh, the good thing is lions are are pretty docile during the day, so they don't tend to move around around much uh, during the day. Um, having said that, you know, people if they're worried about it. Um, you know, it was say if you're running and uh, a line does chase you, you don't have to be faster than the line. You just have to be faster than the runner who's next to you. You know, so as long as you're not the slowest in your in your group, you're fine. Um, oh, that's that's that's, yeah. that's comforting for those that aren't uh, towards the back of the pack. But if you're about, if if, if you yeah. like you said, if you're the slowest one in your group, that uh, that doesn't exactly offer the reassurance that it does for some other folks. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, again, and, and you know, I, I have to imagine that. If it was that dangerous, you know, I mean, it, there's obviously an element of risk. But if it was that, if it was that high of a risk, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do the race because, because. Yeah, I mean, to, to be, re- I mean, uh, I guess, uh, you know, probably to put things in perspective, and unfortunately, you've probably got a. Uh, a higher probability of being taken out by a car, mm-hmm. by a motor car, in an organised race uh, than you than you would have a far higher probability of that happening uh, than you would have, uh, you know, sort of in a race like that in a game reserve. There are actually a couple of races. There's a half marathon in the in the Kruger National Park um, as well. Um, you know, but but also it's, yeah, they kind of know before. I think that one what they actually do there is the, a helicopter kind of clears the area, so the helicopter will go through, and any animals are around will. Will uh, yeah scatter because of the, right. the noise of the helicopter. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Um, I, I could just imagine. Although I guess although you know what I, I was just gonna say I could just imagine a race like that in in the U.S. But I mean some of the, the trail races and things like that. Like there's there's definitely you know the the possibility. However small, it's not like it maybe is through a, a, a specific reserve. But there's you know some of the the races in the mountains out west. Like there's mountain lions and rattlesnakes and the whole nine yards that that could pose a problem. So. I guess it's not as as it's just the animals that are different, but not but the concept is is kind of similar to some of the stuff we do here too. So I guess it's it's all uh, all the same. And, and again, same type of situation. You're more you're more likely to have a problem running on the roads than you are running through the, the wilderness most of the time anyway. Yeah, I, I personally I'd be more scared of the snakes than of the right. the you know the large animals. I mean, it's actually interesting. I've done a few like walking safaris and things like that uh, in the in the game reserves, and you can see the rangers actually they're pretty relaxed around the big game because they kind of they're predictable. You can tell what they're doing. Right. When they actually get nervous is when when there's a snake because snakes are not predictable and uh, obviously they're much more stealthier and things like that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I want to shift gears slightly, although not not too much. But uh, first, I just want to take a second and, and pay a couple of bills and uh, thank once again DKMS for for sponsoring today's episode. Um, you know, guys, we, we've given the stats before uh, as far as the numbers of, of people that have blood cancer and, and blood disease, and uh, one of the the best ways to treat it and fight it and and try to to prevent the loss of life at, at too young of an age is with a bone marrow transplant. And what DKMS does is uh, again they they bring together donors. Uh, into a registry and help match up with folks who are sick and in need of a, of a, of a transplant. So uh, healthy folks, active folks, people like us that are runners are, are typically make the best, uh, best donors. And uh, all you, you know, if you're, if you're willing to help possibly save a life, uh, DKMS can get you set up to do that. All you need to do is head over to DKMS.org and uh, request the, the free swab kit. They send you the, the little kit in the mail. You swab the, the Q-tip on the inside of your, your cheeks. You send it back. Uh, they, they analyze the, uh, the DNA stuff from your saliva. It goes into the registry. And uh, if there's somebody that, that comes up that needs a match, uh, they'll notify you, cover all the costs, all the expenses, uh, and give you the opportunity to perhaps save a life. So if you're interested in doing that uh, join me in the pool and uh you know if, if you ever get the call hopefully you'd be willing to, to take it but uh, dkms.org is the uh the website to get the kit and if you want more information you can text the word amazing that's a-m-a-z-i-n-g to 50555 and get all your questions answered there uh as well so thanks to dkms for for sponsoring today's episode once again and thank you guys for uh stepping up and uh getting registered and uh potentially saving a life so, Stuart, uh, you know, w- one of the things that I, I mentioned in the beginning and uh, definitely don't want to uh, to let the opportunity pass by is to, to get uh, a little bit of, of uh, comparison and contrasting between kind of the, the running culture here in, in the States and kind of, you know, what, quote unquote, is, is standard fare for, for runners here versus what it's like in a different part of the world in, in, in South Africa. And, and obviously, you can kind of have uh, some comparison and contrasting because of your travels, some of the races you've run here in the States and in other parts of the world, in, in addition to running just in South Africa. But um, again, so many, so many different, different questions, different, different uh, things that, that come to mind. But the first one, kind of hearkening back to, to comrades, to two oceans. I mean, two of these really big, as far as numbers-wise, number of runners, ultra marathons, um, is, is long-distance running that, that much more popular in South Africa than the shorter stuff because, you know, or, or are there, are there just as many five K's and 10 K's with maybe not quite that same size of field, but overall numbers wise, um, is, is longer distance more popular in South Africa or is it, is it, uh, just kind of the way that those races are shaped that they attract such a big number of people? Um, so the shorter distance is popular, but the ultra distance is, is the most popular. Mm. Um, and I guess sort of the most media attention and things like that would definitely be on a race like Comrades, you know. Um, and, and I think part of it part of it probably started, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah South Africa has got, a, uh, got the history of the pot out and all of those kind of things. Mm. So we had isolation for a long time. So when we were in isolation, you didn't get any international sport, things like that. Um, and um, very little on TV, uh, but comrades would be broadcast on TV the the whole race. So until uh, those days were eleven hour cutoff. So you'd see from the from the gun going off until eleven hours, and pretty much the whole country sat glued to the television. You know, I joked. I said in those days it was the only thing worth watching on TV. Uh, someone else, uh, one of my running friends, said it's, that's still the case. You know, there's still nothing worth watching on TV. <laughs> comrades is the only thing. So I think it just sort of bred into you know kind of into the culture. 
um, you know, um, and uh, you know, sort of, there, there's quite a few races. So uh, four of the biggest five uh, uh, ultras in the world are uh, field-wise or in South Africa. So you've got quite a few other races with four or 5,000 uh, entrants, uh, quite a few also, you know, sort of with a couple of thousand uh, entrants. So definitely, you know, and, and I guess you kind of, there are some quite big marathons as well, um, some really, really good marathons. Also, I should have mentioned earlier, one of my other favorite ones, just because it's quite different, Soweto Marathon. It's quite a tough marathon. You're running in uh, Soweto in Johannesburg, which is about a mile above sea level, and it's quite hilly as well. But nice, it's quite different. I wouldn't say it's a beautiful race, but it's very, uh, very different. You know, you're kind of running through the townships and uh, things like that. A lot of history there um, going through. So, and that one I think gets about uh, thirteen, fifteen thousand uh, entrants. So, so you get a few sort of uh, you know sort of fairly large sized fields in, in marathons, but but a lot of people will use a marathon and even an ultra like a 50k or a 56k to actually train for for comrades so you do marathons to train for comrades um you know not everyone does that but but uh, but you know the vast majority of people you know to be you know they're running these marathons because they're doing comrades um Mm -hmm. so yeah there are some other you know there are are some fairly fairly big big runs and stuff like that but you know normally what happens i kind of say comrades for better or for worse so if you've got a you know, so a talented half marathon runner, or 10k runner, you you'll find that a lot of the interviews will say, "Well, when are you running comrades," right. you know, which is not necessarily the right thing because a race like comrades, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's, some people call it a jealous race because you you can run comrades but not much else, and it will definitely you know hinder your speed and things like that. So you know, sort of someone who's talented, you know, young runner. Um, you know, sort of good 10K times, things like that, good half marathon times, they probably shouldn't be running comrades until they've kind of, you know, progressed, you know, sort of slowly progressed and they're kind of, you know, at the end of their their competitive career rather than, than at the beginning. But there probably is a lot of pressure um, you know, on on these really really good runners to run comrades because that's where the prestige is, the sponsors are there, the money's there, things like that. So you know, you kind of kind of got to guard against that a bit as well. Gotcha, gotcha. That's definitely definitely different than here, where um, you know, I guess I guess the money and distance running is in is in the marathon uh, pretty much. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few, I guess, the the very high end uh, ultra runners, but yeah, it's it's you know the, those races don't garner near the attention of of like Chicago or. New York or Boston, uh, those those type of marathons here. So that's definitely definitely a bit different. Um, what about you know? And I don't know if there's going to be much of a, of a difference, but um, culture wise, as as far as running culture, you know, here here in the states, there's a lot of of talk uh, for the most part. I think positive about the, the running community and how um, you know just it, it brings people together, and and we're kind of able to see past a lot of the other differences that that we may have. Uh, in, in any number of areas of our lives and, and just kind of be like, hey, we're, we're runners together. We're here a, 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 as a race, you know, running the race together or on social media, things like that. Uh, and you mentioned that, that it's a lot of, of kind of running clubs are, are, are very popular in South Africa. D- does, does that camaraderie still extend beyond, beyond the clubs in South Africa? Is that, is that a similarity between the two or is that something that might be a little bit different too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of camaraderie uh, between runners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, South Africa is an interesting country because you've kind of kind of got. Um, it, I think it's one of the worst countries in terms of Gini coefficient. You know, with the difference between rich and poor and mm-hmm. things like that, imbalance and in, in incomes. But the nice thing about running is it's a it's a great. Um, you know, it's a great leveler. Everyone's right. doing the same race. So you might be running next to a CEO and someone who's a bricklayer, let's just say, you know, mm-hmm. and you can actually, you know, you chat to both of them. You're both doing the same race. You're all equal on the, on the race course. Um, so, you know, from that point of view, I think, that, you know, the running running culture is great. 
um, you know, also anyone is a runner, anywhere you, you meet, you immediately have got a connection with them, right. you know, sort of you, you immediately can chat. And I think that the, the problem is people who are not, not runners, they kind of roll their eyes and they say, oh boy, here we go, there's going to be an hour where I'm not going to be in this conversation because, you know, these, these people are going to be talking about running for the next hour. <laughs> um, but the, so far as the club culture goes, um, most people, well, actually, if you if you run Comrades or Two Oceans, you've actually got to run for a club. So you've got to be a licensed runner running for a, for a club. Um, you know, some people will join a club and they won't really participate that much with the club, but a lot of people do, uh, which is quite nice because then you get to meet people. Uh, it's very social as well. So, you know, the club that I run for, a lot of the races, there'll be a gazebo there afterwards. So, you know, you run your race and then there'll be a few snacks and a couple of beers and things like that. You know, you chat and you socialize a bit. Uh, also on a race like Comrades, um, so I run for a club called Four Ways um, and um, they're, they're mainly sort of suburb based or regional based so you kind of run close to, close to home and things like that and um, they, you know we had three tables along the route so three support tables and you can you know you can do drop bag there and they'll have you know Vaseline uh, deep heat spray right. um, you know bit of, uh, sandwiches biscuits sweets those kind of things that you can kind of you know which is quite nice and you you kind of actually look you really look forward to seeing uh, to seeing you know your uh, your club mates there um, it's kind of like you know it's a nice way to actually break up the race mm-hmm. um, so you've got a lot of those kind of things which is, which is really nice and you make some great friends but you also you know you kind of socialize between the between the clubs as well um, a lot of the clubs are very open so um, there's a very uh, big club called uh, Rand Athletic Club and they do a Sunday run they've done it for I don't know how many years but it's always they've got about uh, pretty much 10 different routes um, and they're all between about 23 and 30, 30Ks um, okay. long. But you just rock up and it's sort of, um, it's either six or seven in the morning, depending on the time of year. You just rock up, you run. There's always a nice a nice bunch of runners. Uh, people just sort themselves out into timing groups and things like that. And you run um, and, and, you know, you sort of, you, you chat and you stop at a few petrol stations along the way for water, bike buy a cool drink that kind of thing and when you finish there's normally rolls and and a bit of cool drink and stuff so yeah no it's i mean the, the running culture is, is is pretty big um but very very social as well you know sort of make a lot of lot of good friends i know also i was chatting to a few people who sort of moved overseas and they say actually once they've moved overseas the people they keep in contact are their old running friends oh, and right. when they when they're overseas the new friends that they make tend to be runners as well you know sort of uh yeah i guess you know we've all got something in common if we if we're running yeah running marathons and that kind of stuff yeah, you know, I guess we, we attract our own tribe. And so that's, uh, you know, runners are going to gravitate to runners because, you know, if you're going to ask, ask somebody to join you at, at five or six o'clock in the morning for, you know, 12 miles, 15 miles, 20 miles, whatever, whatever you're training for, um, you know, it's not going to be somebody who doesn't, you know, it, it's a lot easier to find those friends and, and, and deepen those friendships when you're out, you know, two, three, four hours together, uh, especially in busy life. I mean, you may not have that amount of time to do things outside of, of running if that's your thing. So, so that makes yeah. sense. Um, any, anything that, that strikes you that, that, uh, that you know of that I wouldn't even maybe know to ask, but is that it is markedly different between what running is like in South Africa and what it is, whether it's in the U S or at other parts around the world where you've been able to experience running a race and, and traveling to and whatnot. Sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything, um, I mean, maybe just the volume of marathons that are that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's just you know, sort of, um, yeah. There's probably a, a couple of hundred to choose from. Um, you know, sort of over the course of the year, probably at least yeah, probably at least two hundred different uh, marathons around the country to choose from. Uh, some quite big and some some very very uh, yeah, yeah, some very very small. 
Um, so, you know, but otherwise, I mean, a lot of races, I find that every race is kind of different. You know, most, most marathons, are, you know, I kind of say that each marathon's got its own personality, you know, which is quite nice. So, and, and that's also why I tend to find the smaller ones have kind of got a bit more personality, you right. know, sort of the bigger you get, the less personal they get. And I think it's very hard for a race to keep that personal touch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, when they get too big, you know, they, then you kind of become just a number, you know, kind of, you know, almost it, it kind of loses its soul almost, you know, the, 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 when, when they get too big. Um, so you've got a lot of these like little marathons, a lot of little towns have got their own marathon. Um, and the nice thing there is that you, you pretty much, uh, you, you know, you kind of go there and people are really appreciative that you've traveled. Um, you know, some races, you've probably got more helpers than runners, um, you've got water tables, support tables every three Ks. You know, it's sort of normally there the, the whole town comes out to kind of support and put on a, a you know, sort of a great race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is good. Uh, maybe the one other, maybe slight difference, um, which I, I think I have heard in a couple of other places that do this, but not a lot. So in South Africa, pretty much every race will have water and Coca-Cola. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, and and yeah, those are the those kind of the staple diet of the South African runner is Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, and the big races will have a bit of energy energy drink as well, mm-hmm. but they'll all have like every single. I think Comrades has got over ninety kilometers. They've got about forty five support tables, so that's about one every two kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single one of them would have had had Coca Cola. <laughs> um, yeah, and you'd have a ride. I know the one year they changed, kind of changed sponsors and stuff like that, and there was an uproar from the runners. And actually, so they had to actually buy Coca Cola in, which wow. they, you know, before they, yeah, you know, because they had switched their energy drink uh, sponsors and stuff. Huh. So yeah, do do you know why that is? Is that is that just some long strand, long standing tradition, or 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 I mean, I, and I know some races will have some type of Coke or some type of of you know that type of option, but you know the standard here is you know water and then like some type of, of sports drink gatorade powerade those types of things um do, do you know why that the, the coke is such a standard in, in south africa i think it, it's always been that way so when i can remember when my father was running um so when i was a kid and um then those days you know coke coke when i was growing up was like a treat you know i'd get it we'd get it at christmas time you know christmas time you christmas dinner you got coca-cola and you know it was otherwise it was a really special occasion when you got coca-cola and um, so I actually think subconsciously that might have been why I started running because I remember chatting to my dad once. I can actually remember it. And he said, no, when you run, you can drink as much Coke as you like. And I was like, well, this sounds good. You know, I want to run, uh, you know, I want to just, I want to run a marathon. Just, I'm just going to drink Coke. You know, it's be fantastic. You can drink as much as you like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, way back then, I mean, that would have been sort of the early 80s, mm-hmm. uh, early 1980s when, when that was the case. And I guess it's just still gone through and you kind of get used to it running. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I know I, I mainly, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mainly drink uh, Coke. I worked during Comrades. I had a little bit of uh, energy drink, but but mainly it was Coke and, and 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 water. Other than that, that I drank. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that's good stuff. And and uh, again, I would have never thought to ask that or, or to even you know broach that subject. So I'm I'm, I'm glad that that popped into your mind because, um, like I said, certainly certainly different yeah. different than here. And, and like I said, there might be a few races that have stuff, but it's it's not. It's definitely few and far between. So that's that's the, the, the other the other difference I can tell you. So because we've got a um, we after the the day after comrades, so we have a bit of a get together, a bit of a fines meeting. Uh, we met at sort of a pub restaurant on on the beachfront. Uh, the whole sort of running club kind of gets together and you have a few beers and that kind of thing. And um, so I think there were about 
45 runners from our running club this this uh, this year at Comrades, um, and there were three of them who were from overseas. They teach one of the one of the runners of our club. She's a teacher at the international school. So there were three. I think it was a New Zealand lady, and I think a Canadian and an American. And um, you could easily tell who they were because the next day they're the only ones wearing the medal. <laughs> so in South Africa, kind of you, you know, I know it's a big thing overseas. People often wear their medal after, you know, sort of after the race and they'll wear it the next day and things like that. They'll wear it to the airport. Um, sort of in, in South Africa, you don't often see that. Or if people are doing it, they'll actually put it under their, you know, they're really proud of the medal that they got. And I, when, I, when I flew back, I was sitting next to a guy who'd got a silver. So he was actually was wearing a silver, but it was tucked away under his shirt. So he was kind of surreptitiously showing it. So you don't kind of, sh- I guess, you know, show off your medal as much. I think it's probably just because people do run so much. So sort of right. saying that you've run a marathon, people are like, yeah, yeah, you know, sort of whatever, but what about, you know, sort of comrades, or you run comrades, yeah, but everyone runs comrades kind of thing. You know, whereas uh, I remember, I think I did, um, uh, I think it might've been uh, in uh, uh, the Buffalo Marathon. I remember because I ran it, uh, I showered and I went straight to the airport to fly back to South Africa. So I was in the States for a work trip. And I remember walking around the, the airport and everyone was wearing a, you know, their, their race medal mm-hmm. at the airport, you know. So I was one of the few people who pretty ran who wasn't wearing the medal. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then that, as, as per usual, leads to another question. Does does that mean that, you know, well, here in the States, you know, the the, the fancy big gaudy medals are kind of kind of the thing you know a lot of people like like you said i mean they, they wear them afterwards they've earned them that's that's great I, i've been guilty and, and will continue to be guilty of wearing my marathon or wearing my medals after my races most likely but uh you know that has led to you know who can have the biggest medals the fanciest medals the flashiest medals things like that um when it comes to to finishing medal design in, in south africa are they, are they pretty reserved because not as many people are wearing them around or do they still kind of get uh a bit over the top like we tend to do here in the states Oh, they're much more reserved. So um, and I don't think wearing a medal is a bad thing. I think it's just a different cultural, right. you know, sort of different cultural kind of thing. You know, I think I think people should be proud of, of, of running a marathon because it's not an easy thing. I think kind of just, you know, you kind of take it for granted. But, I mean, Comrades is a, is a tiny medal. Um, it's, it's really, really small. Um, so it's probably slightly – Slightly bigger than a quarter. That's how okay, big it is. Wow. So it's really small, but it's always been that way. But it's it's uh it's probably the most treasured you know kind of medal. In, in fact, um yeah, this year there was a bit of controversy. There was a guy who did comrades on a uh, one leg. So basically, he did on crutches and one leg. Um, they gave him dispensation to start. He started five hours early and he finished. Uh, within uh, within an hour of the cutoff, just over an hour of the cutoff, um, and there was a whole campaign to give him an official finish and an official medal and 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 so on. So so medals are still big, but it's just I guess the way that they're displayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the I know I've only sort of I've got. I did the the Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame marathon. I forget exactly what it was called, but I've actually got it sitting on my wall, which is a guitar which spins, and it, mm-hmm. I mean it's a beautiful medal, much nicer than any South African medal I've got. Um, and a, uh, yeah, it was I think it was last year I did the one in um, uh, in um, uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, in uh, um, in California, okay, and uh, Los Angeles, yeah, um, and also it was like a surfboard that spins. I mean, much 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 nicer than any South African medal I've ever got. Having said that, I think one of the things with with a lot of the big, so particularly with comrades and with two oceans, um, depending what time you come in, you get a different medal. Um, and that's a really big thing. So um, pretty much the comrades, the first ten get a, a gold medal. Uh, if you come in at six hours. 
Um, you're getting uh, we just to put it in perspective, six hours of comrades. I think you're running about four minutes a k or less than four right. minutes a k. Um, uh, to do that for over 90 kilometers. You get what's called a Wally Hayward medal. Um, there are very few people who get that. So there's probably about 16 people who get that medal every year, something like that. Uh, the big one is, there were a couple of big ones, is a silver medal uh, for under seven and a half hours, um, which is about five minutes a K average. And then they, at nine hours, it's called a Bull Rowan, which is half silver, half bronze. Under 11, you get a bronze medal. 12, you get a, a copper medal. Um, and I guess one of the other differences is you've got uh, like really brutal cutoffs. Mm. So, you know, the 12 hours is, um, I guess to put it in perspective, um, uh, half the field at Comrades came in in the last 80 minutes. Wow. So half of the finishers come in the last 80 minutes. And when it hits 12, basically there's a guy standing with his back, uh, he actually stands with his back to the field so he can't be influenced by what's going on behind him. Mm-hmm. As that clock strikes 12, he fires a gun and they, they put up a human chain. And wow. there were a couple of people this year, 12, 12 minutes, one second, you don't get a medal. You don't mm. get a finish, you get nothing. You know, So you've got to come back next year again, um, which is really heartbreaking to watch that. I mean, I must say, it's, you know how much pain those people have gone through and they've gone so far not to get anything. But but it does add to the intensity and the, it kind of gets the emotion and the drama of the of the event as well. Yeah. yeah, and you know it, it, it's it's like you said, it's heartbreaking, especially for those that are right there. But at some point, you have to cut it off. I mean, it can't just be indefinitely that you can finish. So you know, whether it's twelve hours, whether it's twelve hours and third, like there's always going to be that person that's one or second or one minute behind, and, and it, it's oh, it, it, that would be brutal to be the guy that that is firing the gun and 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 stopping you know the, the chain that comes across. But you know, there's always going to be there's got to be a stop time, and oh man, that's tough. Yeah. And you see the people sort of traipsing through in the next sort of few minutes and things like that. And you just, you know, sort of, you feel so, I mean, they still want to cross that line. So they're still getting some glory in crossing the line. But uh, yeah, you do, you've got to feel for them, you know. Um, I I mean, if you go onto YouTube and you just sort of Google comrades cutoff, uh, I I always say it's a good test whether you're a human or a robot. If you you don't get, if you don't get emotional watching those cutoffs, uh, yeah, you 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 probably should go go get your head checked. It's it's really it's incredibly, yeah, incredibly emotional just watching watching that. Even people who are not running, they say like, you know, they 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 get uh, sort of glassy eyed and stuff like that watching it. Yeah, yeah no no question. So, uh, wow, I, I I've, as per usual, we could we could keep going for days, but at some point we're going to have to wrap this thing up. So, uh, one one final question for you, Stuart, and I, and I kind of you know close the the conversations with uh, what I call the philosophical question, which uh, is just a fancy way of saying it's it's another open-ended kind of question, similar to the the introductory question, something that's fairly simple usually, but uh, you can kind of take it and run with it and go whatever direction you want, and and this will be kind of where we'll put a bow on things for today. But, uh, and this is going to be a different philosophical question than I've ever asked before, which is always always fun when I come up with something new, but I, I feel like looking at some of your, your running accomplishments, you're kind of the, the tale of two runners. So meaning you've got the, the 103 different marathons that you've run, but then you've also got a handful of races that you've run multiple, multiple, multiple times. Um, you know, like, like going for the green number in, in comrades next year. And I remember looking through your, your website, there were, there were several other races that you've got permanent numbers in, um, signifying that you've run them multiple times. So, uh, I guess my, my closing question for you is, um, comparing and contrasting or, or a couple of, of pros, a couple of cons of, of those two different ends of the spectrum. You know, what do you like about running a race for the first time? And then what do you like about running races multiple times that, that keeps you coming back to, you know, obviously comrades, there's a lot more to it than just the race itself, but, but some of the other races that you've done where you come back to them year after year, um, 
you know, what, what, compare and contrast, I guess, if you will, or, or again, a pro on each side of new races versus returning and, and running the same race again. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess it's probably also one of the differences is a lot of the bigger races here, uh, normally it's 10. If you run it 10 times, you get your permanent number. So that's quite a big thing, you know, so to keep going for it. Um, you know, so so most of the big ultras, I've got a permanent number. Comrades is actually the one I haven't haven't yet, so hopefully next year I'll, I'll knock that one off. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess, you know, there's some really, really good races out there. So it's always nice to come back. Um, lovely routes, um, you know, great, great organization. Um, you know, so it's always always nice to do them. And only those races are quite big. You know, there's, I guess there's a bit of bragging rights with go them, uh, you know, a bit of prestige and things like that, which which go with it as well. And having the permanent number, it's something nice to kind of keep and, you know, put into your trophy cabinet and, and, and that kind of thing. Um Having said that, I think now having done so many, you know, there's a few like something like Two Oceans, which I love. I'll, I'll do that every year as long as I can carry on running. I'll run that as many times as I can. You know, some of the other ones I've kind of done 10 and I probably won't do them again for a while. You know, I'll probably do them again every now and again. But um, I really enjoy doing different races. And I, I, I think you kind of sometimes get into a pattern, you do the same old races. And I was actually getting a bit bored of running. And, uh, you know, sort of what I did find is doing the new races, I just – you know, so look forward to doing a new race, you know, just the unknown, um, you know, every race, um, you know, I don't think I've done a marathon, which I haven't liked, you know, I've had a, a, a and, and generally if I'm a bit disappointed in a race, it's because it's a quite a, almost a hyped race, which you go and do and you're like, well, well that was okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite as good as I was expecting. Um, but I mean, you find some real fantastic races out there, which are just brilliant, which kind of no one else is running, you know, there's just a handful of runners, um, you run and, you know, you have beautiful scenery. And also South Africa's got so many different places to go. So, you know, I ran one marathon this year in the middle of the Kalahari Desert, you know. So you're running and, you know, just wide open spaces and, and you know, say so you're kind of right in the middle of the desert to indigenous forest again, you know, in the seaside and game reserves. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I guess it's more stimulating, I find, so uh, to do the different races, um, you know, which I, which I really, really enjoy. Um, kind of, you know, that, that bit of the unknown and the unexpected and uh, also a great way to explore. So uh, in, a, in a way, actually, I started that. That was, you know, sort of I used to travel quite a bit for work. So wherever I was, I would um, I would actually look for a race to go and do. You know, sometimes I'd be lucky and there would be a race where I was. So actually, Rome Marathon I did because I was, I was uh, in Rome uh, at the time for work. Uh, interesting enough, I mean, that was a funny one because I, I flew my wife over using airline miles. So got a hotel room, so there was no cost for her, and but it was probably the most expensive. She she runs, uh, she was used to run as well, so we ran the Rome Marathon together. But I always joke, I say it was the most expensive uh, marathon I've run, uh, because while I was at work, she would be out there, and I'd come back, and there'd be it'd be full of uh, sort of uh, you know boots and clothes and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the hotel room. Um, but yeah, so I sort of used to uh, travel. I used to kind of make an effort um, when I was overseas. Uh, another interesting one was uh, I was in uh, near just north of Detroit. And um, that's when I did the Buffalo Marathon. So I kind of, I think I actually did the Cleveland Marathon on the flight through. Mm-hmm. And then I got in a car and I drove around, uh, I think it was probably Lake Michigan, to Detroit for the week. We were there for the week working. And then from there I drove th- uh, via Canada, like through the Canadian border, right. back into the top of U.S. state to do Buffalo, ran the marathon and kind of came back. Kind of, you know, the border control guards, they ask you what, you know, sort of what's your, what's your reason <laughs> right. for entry. They kind of look at you but dubiously when you tell them you, you've come to run a marathon. Um, but anyway, so I used to put in a lot of effort overseas, and I thought, well, actually, you know, you should be putting in the same effort in your own country, you know, sort of, um, yeah, so, yeah, I started doing that. So I guess, if I, you know, sort of 
I, I would uh, these days I've probably got a preference now. Uh, I've kind of been ticking off the the tens when I've got you know got to there, but um, uh, I'm, I'm more focused these days on running different marathons. So actually, my running goal now is to try and run every single uh, marathon, an ultra marathon under 100 100 k's and under uh, in South Africa. So oh. to try and knock it off, it'll take take me a bit of time to do that. But uh, yeah, great great way to explore the country and just see different things, go places where I would never otherwise go. Yeah, and and uh, I I love it, and and the idea of exploring it doesn't get better than that. Certainly something that is on on my list as as well, and and I know a lot of other folks. It's a great excuse to travel is to go run a race. So yeah. uh, certainly yeah. wish you uh, nothing but the best in that, Stuart. Continued good health, continued good running, uh, and certainly continuing to to plan to follow along and, and uh, live vicariously through you. And, and who knows, maybe one of these days uh, the stars will align, and uh, I'll I'll head to South Africa for a race or two, and maybe uh, maybe I can talk you into joining me when I when that happens. Correct. Yeah. If you, if you ever do come, please let me know. I'd love to. Uh, help you out with an itinerary and stuff like that and also uh, it's a genuine offer to your listeners as well if they thinking of coming to south africa or they are here for holiday or coming for work or whatever i'm really uh, more than happy to kind of give advice and races and give an opinion and things like that and to help them out so yeah yeah i really love uh, i think south africa's got the best marathons in the world so i would really love to help uh, any listeners out there to come come across here and, and run a south african marathon or an ultra fantastic so guys once again if you if you're if you're heading to south africa the the invitation is there take him up on it uh, runningman.com again that's man with two n's running m-a-n-n.com is website at running man then the number 100 on all things social you can find Stuart. connect with him there especially if you're heading to south africa and get get the inside scoop on where you're going to be and what races might be uh, a possibility for while you're visiting. Uh, and as per usual, I have everything linked up in the show notes, disruns.com slash 597. So, uh, Stuart, once again, thanks thanks for taking the time. And, and like I said, certainly wishing you nothing but the best and certainly planning to stay in touch as well. So uh, we'll continue to, to talk, continue to, to run and do your thing. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll, we'll circle up and do this again at some point down the, down the road. Great. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Stuart and maybe learn a little bit more about what running's like in, a, in another corner of the world. Um, and as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was what was a, a little takeaway, a little nugget, a little something that we talked about that uh, that really resonated with you? For me, um, there's several things, but I think that the big thing was... Uh, when Stuart was talking about the, the friendships that, that he's developed, the bonds that he's created with, with the folks that are in his running clubs and uh, the running club that he's a part of and, and you know that he meets at races, things like that. And just, just that, that kind of aspect of the running community where it's, it's almost like we never, we never meet a stranger. Um, you know, everybody instantly as, as runners, I mean, we, we just bond with each other. Um, and, and it got me thinking, it got me kind of doing a little self-introspection about where I am right now as far as friendships and relationships and things like that. Um, and, and quite honestly, you know, I've got a couple of, of pretty good friends still from, you know, pre pre running life, you know, but before my running life, but for the most part, most of my friends are folks that, that, you know, locally they're runners, uh, online. It's, it's you guys. It's, it's the, the, the jokes that we're able to have in, in the Facebook group on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, the, the social media interactions, the emails, um, just, just, it, it just really struck me how quickly running brings us together. And, you know, I, I know that, that some of you that are listening, um, have different thoughts and viewpoints and, and, uh, areas that we disagree, whether it's politically, whether it's, it's social justice things, um, a whole host of things. We're all different. We're all unique individuals, but, but running brings us together. And for whatever reason, it feels to me like running is, is a thing that brings us together to the point where, 
we can we can disagree on on other topics on other on other subjects without being disagreeable you know we we can have those those conversations and say you know what that's that's your opinion that's 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 your way of looking at the at the situation this is my opinion this is my way of looking at the situation we may not ever agree but we don't have to to resort to some of the name calling and the uh the shortness and and the things that at least here in the states are so all over the place as far as as you know politically and and a whole host of other other things as well I just don't feel like, you know, among the, the runners that I've talked to and really created friendships with, that that happens as much. And, and even when those friendships are nothing but virtual, nothing but behind the keyboard of Twitter or Facebook or whatever the case might be. So uh, I guess my takeaway is, is just, it's just thank you. Thank you for, for the bond that we have as runners. It's, it's, it's something special and it's something that I certainly don't take for granted. And I, I really really do appreciate. So, you know, when Stuart was talking about the, the friendships and the bonds that he's been able to have, it, it really resonated with me and, and it really re, uh, re-solidified my hope that, um, you know, as, as things kind of progress with me as far as doing more traveling and maybe doing some speaking and running some different races, I really hope that uh, as many, uh, I'll get to meet as many of you as possible at some point along the way, share a few miles, share a drink, break bread, whatever it is, uh, and just and just foster the, those those bonds of friendship even more than what I feel like we already have. So thank you guys for being my friend. Uh, cue Golden Girls soundtrack in your head. Um, but I, I really do appreciate y'all. And uh, and that was that was my takeaway from this episode. Maybe the longest takeaway I've ever had. But but my takeaway, my takeaway, excuse me, nonetheless. So without any further ado, what was your takeaway? What stood out to you from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at DizRuns. Shoot me an email. DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode and leave your comments, thoughts, feedbacks, takeaways there as well. Dizruns.com slash 597 is the link to get to the show notes. I uh, will have some you know, information about some of the various races in South Africa and Stuart's contact info. Um, and if you're ever in South Africa looking for a race, take him up on his offer to, to get his feedback and, and uh, pick his brain a little bit. Uh, a very nice dude. Check out his website as well while you're there. Dizruns.com slash 597 is the show notes. And uh, that is about it for today. But before we wrap up, one last time, DKMS.org is the link to get your, your kit get on in the in the pool join me in the pool and uh you know let's let's save a life if, if we can if the opportunity presents i hope that that you won't hesitate to uh to take a couple days off of running and uh and save a life for somebody who's in need of, of a bone marrow transplant dkms.org thanks to them for sponsoring the show and thank you guys once again for supporting the sponsors and making a difference in the lives of others so without any further ado we'll go ahead and, and now officially put a bow on this thing Thank you guys for listening. As always, thanks for telling folks about the show. Uh, everything continues to grow. The book continues to sell. The show continues to grow. Uh, the Facebook group continues to grow. The tribe is growing. And uh, I just appreciate all that you guys do to spread the word and, and tell others about uh, what we've got going on over here. And, and this little corner of the internet, it, it means a lot to me. And, and, and thank you doesn't seem like it's enough uh, a lot of times, but uh, sometimes it's the best we can do, right? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, please be well. Take good care. And uh, we'll talk again soon. See you guys.